Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm here with the ginger bow hunter himself, Jacob Myers. Jacob, what's up, man? Dude, not much. Uh, excited to be back from NWTF, and uh, you know, especially excited about this bonus episode with old Bruce Mitchell from Swamp People. I mean, it was an absolute blast talking to Bruce, and uh, dude, he was just a down to earth guy, super relatable. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though you know he's from a part of the country that's. Uh, very much different from everything else, but man, he was a fun guy. Super fun episode. I really enjoyed the crap out of it. Yeah, uh, we had a really good time interviewing him. We kept 
bumping into him at the show and you walked up to him you're like do you want to come on the podcast and he was like yeah let's do it he's really fun personable guy easy to get along with funny it was a great time. Hilarious, man. Some of his stories, you know, on this episode, you know, we dove in very deep, like behind the scenes of the show Swamp People. And I know a lot of people that are tuning in for this episode are interested in that and kind of get the behind the scenes look at how the show really took place and really his story on how he got involved with the show. Because, I mean, he talked about, mm-hmm. you know, he turned him down multiple, multiple times before he got involved yeah. with him, uh, which is just fascinating. And again, kind of hearing... You know, some of the stories he tells about, you know, some of the different pranks he did on his, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, his cameraman and everything else, dude. <laughs> it's just crazy. And, like, him talking about stuff that never made the show was just fascinating. Yeah. And, again, seeing a guy that, you know, explaining it to us that none of this is fake. They are legit doing what they do day in and day out while they're, you know, hunting gators. And it just, you know, was extremely fascinating. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, dude. It, it, was, it was really fun. Um, but... Other than that, uh, real quick before we get to the episode, um, we've been out filming stuff all day long. Speaking of filming. You know. Yeah, so for the YouTube channel, we've been filming a bunch of different gear reviews uh, when it comes to a couple of different products, especially when it comes to saddle hunting. Um, so yeah, we uh, filmed a couple of different videos on some podium, on the podium platform from Out on a Limb Manufacturing, which is you know pretty awesome platform to try out. Uh, also went out and sighted uh, our pattern or shotguns for turkey season. Got that all dialed in, which uh, turned out quite well. I was very impressed with. So, yeah, YouTube channel is up and running, and uh, it is going full steam ahead, especially as turkey mm-hmm. season comes up. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, we've got a bunch of turkey episodes coming out for the podcast. We've got a bunch of gear reviews coming out on the YouTube channel. we got all the you know deer hunts from this past fall, and then – you know, we're going to have turkey hunts, but also, I think uh, pretty soon, hopefully if all goes well, we'll be doing a, a kind of special episode on YouTube about surf fishing on the Gulf Coast, uh, specifically for sharks, yep. which I love to do. So, that I think that'll make a cool video. I got a new camera coming in the mail, but, well, by the time this drops, I will have the camera, and we're going to shoot some good stuff. It's a good camera. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's fascinating, man. You know, another thing, you know, we, you know, our, our podcast and you know, our company is called the Southern Outdoorsman because we are very much Southern Outdoorsmen. You know, we're all about doing multiple things other than just hunting, you know, yeah. fishing, hiking, camping, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of that content coming up uh, relatively soon, especially when it comes to, you know, kind of more the fishing side, camping side, everything else as turkey season gets here. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're you're interested in everything when it comes to the outdoors, you know, talking hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, everything else, you know, this is definitely something for you. So definitely make sure you tune in and mm-hmm. uh, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Also check out the YouTube channel. Again, it's at the Southern Outdoorsman, along with Facebook and Instagram at the Southern Outdoorsman. Yeah. Uh, feel free to come along with our ride for this spring. It's going to be crazy. Uh, just finished year one of everything we've been doing, and it's about to get, you know, it's about to go up to a level. We're 100. about to kick it up a notch. Oh man, it's it's about to be fantastic. Yeah. production. You know, we're we're getting better at what we do, so it's it's gonna be awesome. Like we're we're gonna hopefully keep getting better and just see where this thing goes over the next year. But I know over the next few months, like I said, we got the shark fishing thing coming up. We got you know surf fishing. We got creek fishing uh, in Alabama. It'll just like little skinny water. You know, creek fishing's a lot of fun. We got turkey hunts coming up and really whatever else. So if you have a suggestion for something you'd like to see a video on or, or hear about on a podcast, you can email us uh, on our website. If you go to our website, 
which is www.thesouthernoutdoorsman.com, uh, there's a tab that says contact, and you can just email us, like, whatever you want to see. I had a guy email me today asking about when the bucks were going to shed. Yep. Yeah, I just answered that email right before we did this. But, uh, but yeah, or you could message us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll uh, take it in consideration because we want to produce content that people want to see. Yep. Well, again, this episode is going to be fascinating. If you are like a fan like me, where you were a fan of the show Swamp People and you really want to hear behind the scenes on how it was made, really look into the lives of like Bruce and how he, you know, lived with a camera in his face for over 30 days straight during the season and and kind of get the behind the scenes. This is going to be the episode for you. You're going to enjoy it. Again, Bruce is a great guy, highly entertaining. And again, just kind of hearing behind the scenes and some of the stories taking place, some of the crazy things that happened that again, they wouldn't let, you know, them air it. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of things they filmed that just could not make it because of, you know, one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to hear all about that in this episode. Um, you know, if you love Tyler, his dog, uh, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, uh, we go in depth about Tyler on this episode, which is absolutely fantastic because he's a, he was a great part of the show. He really helped make the show. And, again, if you're a fan of Bruce, you're probably a fan of Tyler as well. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, without us running our mouths any longer, uh, thanks, Bruce, for coming on, man. We really enjoyed talking to you, and hopefully it's not the last one. I'd like to do some more stuff with Bruce. But uh, anyways, we'll turn it on over to that episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check out all our other stuff. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> Everything. This is about Everything. you. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. Um, God, Bruce. Okay, so, Bruce, first of all, what is your last name? Mitchell. Mitchell. Bruce, Bruce Mitchell. I'm Bruce Scott Mitchell, the alligator man, they call me. That's what I'm talking about. Gator man. Most people probably know you from Swamp People. Swamp People, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been raising gators and turtles basically all my life. Uh, I met my wife when I, she was 13. Mm-hmm. I was 14, 15. Okay, we've been married. You know, we dated quite a few years, yeah. and then we got married to, I think, March will be 39 years. Oh, wow. Yep. And uh, her dad was an alligator farmer and turtle farmer. So that's how I got mixed up in this mess. And uh, <laughs> and uh, me and him hit it off. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved to hunt fish, trap. Yep. And we just hunt and fish, trapped our whole life. And it was just been one big long party to me. Just fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. You know. Now, how does someone get into the industry of Raising alligators and turtles. And when you're tur- talking turtles, what turtles are we talking about? I got married. And that's how I did it. Uh, well, well, <laughs> well, you're right about that. You just got, got tied into yeah. it and there was no now, way. Uh, now, I don't guess all marriages would work that way. Yeah. But, uh, uh, um, no, we raised turtles and alligators for, for actually for meat industry mm-hmm. and for the pet industry. We, we raised mm-hmm. over a million turtles a year to export China, Japan, France, England, mm-hmm. just all over the world. And what wow. kind of turtles are we talking about? Uh, red red ears, yeah. uh, yellow bellies, soft shells. Really? Uh, cooter snappers, uh, alligator snappers. This, uh, we raised 36, about 36 different breeds of turtles. Now, wow. now what is your, for, for you to get into that kind of industry, what kind of setup do you have to do to be able to maintain all those animals? And what, are, what do you, you do? You got to be able to. Not work a normal job at eight to five. Yeah. You got to start at five. You got to start at daylight, and it's just anytime you say farm, yep. you work. Yep. And there's no hours on the farm. Mm-hmm. You're just working till you can't work no more. You go to bed and you get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's just what farming life's about—work. Yeah. You know? 
so you got into that through marriage. Yes. What, was that something when you first got started raising gators and turtles and everything, was that something that you're like, I could see myself doing this for as long as you've been doing it? Actually, I, when me and my wife got married, mm-hmm. we was married a couple of weeks. And I got hit by a car, broke my leg. Oh, wow. I broke my leg, so we didn't have nothing. <laughs> we still just about got everything left. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but, no, we didn't. You know, back then, you know, we just uh, we had a camp. My father had a camp down the river we was building, and we, we finished it. Mm-hmm. So we moved down the river. We couldn't afford, you know. I had a little house trail, and the, the note on that was $134.40 a month. You know, I remember that, like, you know, that was a lot of money. Now we pay yep. that a night for a motel room yep. if we can get a cheap one. <laughs> but uh, what what happened, we moved down to the camp, and my father-in-law would come down. We had trout lines. We'd run the trout lines. And I had a cast from the tip of my toes all the way up to my to my waist, yeah. you know, and uh, I, couldn't been, I couldn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'd put my leg on a skateboard, and I'd scoot out on the wharf. My father-in-law would come, run the trout lines every morning, mm-hmm. Bring the fish to me. I had a little station set up. I could sit on the ground, skin the fish, fillet them, and the next morning he'd come bring me more fish, take them fish, take them to the market and sell it. So that's how we made our living for the first year. And then my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And by then I was starting to walk, so I couldn't really do a lot. I couldn't, still had to cast on. Mm-hmm. Had to cast on for like six, seven months. And uh, I, I just went stir crazy. I couldn't. I had to do something, so mm-hmm. I started cutting grass and making baskets for turtle eggs. Okay. And before you know it, I, I don't know what happened, just 30 years passed. <laughs> <laughs> you blink. <laughs> and uh, it, it, was, it was real great. Okay. You know, uh, you know the, uh, and we bought the farm. Mm-hmm. Okay, my father-in-law was ready to retire. We bought the farm, and this is the killer part. Swamp people come along. Mm-hmm. Okay, we did it the first year, and it was all good. And I was fixing to tell swamp people, you know, I, I just got too much work to do. Because during wild gator season, I would have to catch my own gators, mm-hmm. bring them back to the farm. Because we bought wild, wild gators from, you know, 30 or 40 other people. So I'd have to skin my stuff. Mm-hmm. Then by the time I got back got my stuff skinned, I'd have other people bring yeah. the stuff in. So we were still 12, 1, 2 o'clock every night skinning gators and processing meat. Cause you can't get behind. If you skip one day, yeah. you just the next day just piled up. I was gonna say, how up. do you how, how do you do that? How many guys are you working with? Or uh, we had about thirty something people working at one time. Jeez, that is crazy. And uh, but you couldn't. You just had to go till you you know got everything done. Mm-hmm. And it's usually three o'clock in the morning. I left these water skinning. I mean, cleaning up the slaughterhouse. I'd go and go to bed for an hour or two. Get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes for 30 days. Yep. That's crazy. And uh, we we did that for years. And like I say, swamp people come along, and mm-hmm. they just added stuff to it. So I was going to quit swamp people. Mm-hmm. But we put the farm up in Eustaflux for my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. That means he could use it as long as he was alive. Well, he got dementia or Alzheimer's. He got sick. Mm-hmm. And a family member went and got power attorney and took over. And like I say, I I put it up in Eustaflux for them to use, for him to use. Mm-hmm. Well, they took over and threw us off. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so that was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I've been on Twomp people ever since. You know, mm-hmm. up until this year, I'm not on it this year. Yeah, but we didn't film this year. That's all I can say about that. It's yeah. all good though. It's been a great ride. I, you know, 
If it wouldn't be for swamp people, me and you wouldn't be sitting right here talking. That's right. You're right. That's right. You, know, you know what I mean? Well, and I've been all over the country, mm-hmm. all over the world, basically. And I, it's just been a fun ride. Yeah. Now, with, when you started filming with swamp people, I mean, I'm guessing, was it a pain in the butt having people follow you around with cameras? It was a little of? bit. And then after a while, well, you got to look. For, for, for years, for 30-something years, we've done a lot of TV stuff. Okay? Okay. For years, we was the only one had alligator. We were our farm. My father-in-law and his brother was the one that started alligator farming. Mm-hmm. Their license number was O O O O one, so they were the first. Okay. So um, anyway, anybody that wanted anything film done with alligators, they had to come to us. So we've been fooling with the film industry for a while. Okay. And then, and like I say, swamp people come up, and I turned them down three or four times. I said, I just don't have time. You know, we were real busy doing gator season and this and that. And they just kept on coming back, coming back. And one Saturday morning, me and my dog was watching TV. And uh, we just come in. We were frogging. And my boat motor was knocking. Uh-oh. And I looked it up, called my buddy, Warren Coco, over that Go Devil Manufacturing. And uh, I said, uh, what a new motor cost? And we looking about five grand. I told my wife, I said, well, I don't know what we're going to do with, you know, gator season's coming up. I'm hoping this motor will make it through gator season, <laughs> you know, because, you know, that's how we made our money, you know. Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, swamp people come along that day. Me and my dog was watching TV in there, and the, uh, the girls coming in were talking to me about trying to sign me up and this and that. And they said, you know we're going to pay you. I said, really? He said, she said, yes, sir. Uh. The first year, she said, we'll probably pay you about $5,000. I said, huh. Oh. <laughs> and that's what got me on Swamp People, yeah, a boat motor. That worked out perfect. A boat it? motor. <laughs> no, and I understand that. Now, um, you know, with you doing Swamp People, how big of a change was it for your everyday life once that started? And then you got, you know, after a couple of seasons, people really started to know you yeah. out of your town and everything else. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, was that change uh, like for you? Oh, we can't go nowhere. Yeah. Well, you've seen us out here on the floor mm-hmm. at the NWTF. I, I take about three steps, take a picture, sign an autograph, <laughs> usually with 10 to 15 people, and then okay. I get to moving again and do it all over. It's all good. I never turned down a picture, yep. never turned down an autograph. Uh, the first year of Swamp People showed on TV, after about the fourth episode, fifth episode, I had a little boy that stopped me. And we're just smiling and waving and grinning. He's about five, six years old. He's with his mom. I'll never forget this. Uh, his mom said, uh, he loves watching me catch alligator. I said, cool. I said, y'all want a picture? She said, yeah. So I went over there by him. We took a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my backpack right here, and I always keep a few pictures in it. I pull one out, and I sign it for the boy and give it to him. He just is all hysterical lit up and stuff. Well, four or five months later, I get a phone. we well, on my Facebook private message deal. She sent a copy of the picture, and a uh, little boy passed away. Mm. I didn't know it when we took the picture, but he was terminally ill. He had cancer. And uh, she said how much it meant to him. He went to chemo and all that and this and that. And didn't even know he was in chemo. He was so excited about had a picture with me mm-hmm. from Swamp People and stuff. So right after that, I just realized, you know, hey, this is something special give to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will never, ever turn down a picture or autograph, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know what it means to somebody. Yeah. 
you know, and that's, that's why you see me out here. I will never turn down a pitcher. Well, that's a moving story, and that's something that I think a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of people out there, actually millions of people out there that cannot relate with you. They relate with a lot of people that are like a status of you where you're just, you're a public figure, yeah. especially in the Southeast, but anywhere, any person that's watched that show, you know, out West, up North, whatever, that I could not imagine, I was telling Coach Strickland this, I could not imagine being so well known that going out places, even in public, whatever. Hey, no matter where you and go. And people are like coming up to you. Me and my wife went to, on a cruise a couple of years ago. Oh. We, we get off the cruise to Mexico and I said, well, at least nobody know me here. The first booth we went to, <laughs> the first booth, the man, the, the one that owned the booth, he said, Senor Alligator Man. <laughs> I said, here we go. <laughs> but it, I tell you what, it's all been, I'm talking about 125% excellent and good. Mm-hmm. It's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody loves it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just good. It's, I got free. Look, buddy. When I have a blowout on the interstate, <laughs> I have 300 people stop to help me. <laughs> <laughs> it just don't get no better than that. I was going to say, you just be out there throw a thumb up for three minutes and people <laughs> pulling yeah. over me. Oh, I don't even use a jack no more. Don't even take it out. <laughs> hey, could y'all ready? You got 30 people grab the bumper of your truck and pick it up. <laughs> take the tire off. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> now, I've always just wondered that, like, how someone, like, say, like yourself, went from – you know, people just knowing you probably locally and friends and family, stuff like that, to be able to go on a TV show and then it just kind of like blow up. And that show has been extremely successful, oh, as, yeah. as you know. Yeah. And just to see how it's transformed and then have all these fans from across the country, it seems internationally as well. Everywhere, yeah. So what people, I think, last I heard was in 158 countries. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Man, you need to go to Europe real quick and just see what yeah, happens. I do a European there. tour. Yeah, it don't oh. matter. It don't, oh. They come to us. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know. Well, that's – God, that's crazy. And, again, just kind of imagine that. And I think a lot of people out there, they wish they could have a break like that. And they're like, oh, I'd love to be famous. I yeah, look at it, I'm uh, like, uh, yeah. I, I, no, I don't know. It's all, you know, I, I'm, you know, I see these shows, you know, that yeah. they don't like some people. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the opposite trouble. You know, anywhere they go, somebody's throwing something at them or something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know uh, like I said, it, it's all been good for me. Yeah. It's all. Hey, I've been places. My dog's been places. When Tyler was alive, yeah. my dog, mm-hmm. he's been places most people never been. Yep. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just that cool, you know. I'd be in a restaurant, me and my wife be somewhere. And uh, used to when Tyler was alive, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd be in the restaurant. I leave Tyler in the truck running with the air conditioner, or whatever on, you know. And I'd go in there, hey, Bruce, how you doing? Where's Tyler? I say he's in the truck. We we'll go get him. I said, well, I don't see no other dogs around this restaurant. <laughs> oh, oh, you bring him in, bring him in. So I'd bring him in, have his little towel. And I'd lay it on the floor by our table. Tyler would get on his towel, wait, you know. They'd bring a menu to him. What would you like? I said, well, I said, you're going to have to read it to him. He can't read that. <laughs> but he would get a steak every time, and then people would cook that dog a steak, cut it up for him and everything. And uh, Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was just cool. That is awesome. It was just cool. My Facebook went nuts. I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. Yeah. And, you, I mean, you just talked a minute ago about the media, mm-hmm. uh, social media and stuff. It's just a big deal. That's where things are going. Yep. That's the way things are going. 
Tyler died, we had five million hits on Facebook that day, one day. It just jammed my computers up. It was so much. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. God. Well, crazy. that shows how many people really love and care for you guys, especially yeah. yourself and then Tyler, too. And people get so connected, especially to that show, because that show is pretty – I feel like it gets – it's not overly personal, but it definitely gets in and kind of touches home with a lot of people, yeah. especially like their stories going on everyday life. Yes, they yeah. try they try to document that in, in a certain way where I don't think it's too um, invasive. Invasive, but it gives you enough to know about the person and kind of figure out like how yeah. they really are. And I think that's one thing that made that show so successful. We first of all have a great group of people. It seemed like on the show, but also be able to document like you and Tyler and everything else and. People just get connected to it. Well, well we, we're not actors. We're real people. Yeah. That's all we Which, are. That's one thing I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. How much of that is legit and how much is it staged? Well, none of it's really staged on Swamp People. Okay. Uh, I cast 300 and something gators a year. Okay. Yeah. Mm. My goal, when I slip up to a gator, ease him up to the top of the water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works that way. You just ease him to the top of the water. You take your gun, you shoot him. As soon as his head breaks the water, pow, game over. Mm-hmm. Pull him up. Tape him up, get him in the boat, go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're just not going to show that on TV. Yeah. They're going to show the one that explodes and fights. <laughs> and That's just the TV, you yeah, know? Yeah. People's not going to watch that. Yeah. You know, easing him up and shooting. But you got, you know, our, that's how my goal. Is the ease. And we got what yeah. we call follow boats that follow us around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? And they just film us. Every, everything is filmed from the time I wake up that morning to the time I go to bed. Yeah. If I'm cooking, whatever I'm doing, it just gets, you know, it gets recorded. Yeah. And uh, if, if it if they're not splashing and fighting and stuff, it just don't make good. T- you know, it's not yeah, really excited. they want the excitement. And one, you know? well, one thing that kind of drives me crazy is. It's like a hunting show, okay? You film a hunting show. Okay, you hunt, you fish. Sometimes it just don't happen. <laughs> and yeah. That, oh, it's know? just not exciting. You're yeah, like, oh, you know, you sit there, stand for five hours and what you filming is nothing in front of you mm-hmm. people's not going to watch that too long you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, you're 100 percent right and that's one thing that i think a lot of people wanted to know was you know first off was there any of it majorly stage or recreations going on and another thing is you know how many of these people are legit alligator hunters and, yeah and they're i mean from what you just said you know pretty much everyone i haven't even seen the show this year but but yeah. uh but you know, rest of us, we, that's what we did for a living yeah. for years. And it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I talked to my landowner this year. We're not even fishing next year. Really? The price is so bad, and it's just, what's, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, you know, there's no money in it. What's 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 driving the price down? Like uh, Farm gators. You, you yeah. know, they're raising 600000 a year. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, this stuff happens. Well, what got you into hunting gators? Just trying to make a living. <laughs> uh, was it, was it we hunted and trapped and fished our whole life. You yep. know, trapping industry went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we commercial fished and. Uh, what, what did y'all trap? Neutral coon. Okay. Otters. That's his. That's his alley. Me, uh, but but you know back back when the fur industry, what happened? In Russia. Most of our fur, the neutral. Mm-hmm. You see the little fur hats the Russian people wear. Mm-hmm. That was made out of neutral. <laughs> okay. And um, back back then. We had good fur trade. We we made a lot of money. We'd get three, four hundred animals a day, skin them, and you know, put them on the board, stretch them, dry them, and we'd sell dry fur and stuff. But what happened was Russia went bankrupt, 
And like I said, all your fur went to Russia. By the time Russia come back online, it's when they come out with Tensilate, Gore-Tex, all them good good things. Yeah. It's a lot easier to put Gore-Tex or Tensilate on the shelf than a neutral skin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot too than neutral. So that's what happened to the fur industry. It just... Technology. Technology. technology got it. And, yeah. and that, you know, gator business. Now, gators, you know, they was on the endangered species list for years. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid coming up, I got pictures of, of my grandpa, me and my grandpa with gators. Okay, mm-hmm. my grandpa was a gator hunter, fisherman, and uh, we did that, but then it went the other way. It was endangered. Well, for years they had, you know, nobody hunted gators, so they just exploded. There was gators everywhere. Yeah. Got it back open, and now it's, you know, anything you can manage like that, mm-hmm. you could keep it going. Yeah. And what, it, well, what, what are y'all bringing the gators to market for? Is it uh, just the meat? Put the meat in the, in the skins. You okay. know, to make boots, belts, wallets, purses, mm-hmm. whatever out of the skins. And we sell the meat to eat and the heads and the feet and to tourists. And you can sell everything but the grunt. <laughs> 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 if we could figure out to get a way to get that in the jar, we would have sold it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it's just things change. Now, one thing I'd like to kind of <laughs> jump into is when you're gator hunting, and I've, I've heard you talk about this on the on the um, the show before. Since you do, you would go mostly solo. Yeah. Most times. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the danger factor when you're out there? Not only just in a swamp like that, you know, having issues with maybe breakdown gear and this and that. Yeah. But just like, what are some of the overall dangers other than dealing with alligators out there? Like, what are you dealing with on a daily basis? Just getting yanked out the boat. Uh, just, just. It's just thousands and thousands of things could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just endless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get hooked, uh, gator drag in, in, bite you. I mean, it, it's it's all happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been pulled out of the boat several times on top of gators. Mm-hmm. I've been filmed one time. I, I was gonna say, I've seen that one. You remember that? And I was going to say, you can kind of keep your... Yeah, my little, yeah. my little friend in my pocket. Your friend in your pocket. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway... What happened that day, yeah. most people didn't know it, when that gator jerked jerk me on top of him, uh, when I fell out, I jumped, and I straddled this gator, okay? <laughs> well, my feet went through, they had an old stump there. You couldn't see it, the top was broke out. All they had was the roots and stuff going out. Well, my, my legs went through them roots, and when I bent my knees, I had the gator locked down. That's what saved me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, most people didn't know no. that. And they didn't really tell it on, on the TV. Probably didn't want to. But, uh, <laughs> Scared too many people. Tyler come running up, you know, beside yep. me, and he was barking and stuff. He, I kept eyeing at him, stay in the boat, stay in the boat. But the gator rose his head up, and I grabbed his head, and I said, <laughs> you know, it's one of them deals. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, guys, so it's, this is an audio show, but, yeah, Bruce is over here, like, showing, like, he's on top of the gator, grabbing his jaw. It's <laughs> close. So, I said, what? And the camera guy is freaking out. Oh, I you bet. Know, this guy's from New York City. Oh. Okay. He don't even own a car. <laughs> Never rode in a truck. <laughs> and he's just running back and forth. He's not even, he don't have the camera to his head. If you notice that, that shot, it's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Well, he's holding the camera by his side, running back. He don't know what to do. He wants to jump out the boat and run, but he's scared to death. <laughs> so. Luckily, I had my little pistol, my little North American armor pistol. I pulled it out of my pocket, and I stuck it there in the head, and pow, game over, you know. And I, I just climbed up the boat like it was a normal deal, you know. I did, you see, I get home, and I don't tell my wife none of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. You know, you just, I never tell my wife what goes on out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are, you know, 
several months later, we're sitting there watching swamp people. Mm. All of a sudden, this comes on and whop. <laughs> she said, what do you tell me? I said, well, I don't want to worry you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Hold, and, now, I can't comprehend that. Like, Yeah, the funny one, one of you remember the first season when uh, my daughter, what mm-hmm. happened? Let me set this up. Yeah. We was uh, setting lines. Water come up real high mm-hmm. and uh, high water everywhere. So uh, I'm setting the line and Tyler raises his head up and starts sniffing. Well, we drift to the bank. As soon as the boat hits the bank, they got grass and stuff there. Two or three deer jump up, take off. So Tyler jumps out the boat. And that's the, you know, he took Gone. off. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, and I didn't know nothing about TV. They made a big deal out of it. Yeah. And they said, well, they dramatized the crap out yeah. of it. Yeah. They dropped, you know. But, I mean, but it's for, I mean, he ran off because that was the night you had to leave him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you notice, I'm in a big boat, my mm-hmm. big boat. Well, I can't get back in them little rooms with my big boat. So I had to go back home and get my little boat and go back and get him. And sure enough, I. 11, 12 o'clock that night, we found him, which I knew where he was going about. You know, we got, what, uh, railroad through the swamp there. Yeah. It's just mush and marsh, but they put logs and stuff when they used to log the swamp out of there. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was running down. We call them branches. Yeah. He was going down them branches to, you know, chasing them deer. God, yeah. Which wound up six miles over. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Tyler just loved the deer hunt. He was a good deer dog. Mm-hmm. But that they made a big deal, you know, and then we found him. Mm-hmm. The funny part about it, when they showed it on TV, my mom is my number one biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Well, mom's sitting there watching TV, and Tyler jumps up and runs and on the TV, you know. And uh, mama jumps up, is he all right? I said, mama, he's right there in front of the TV. He's laying down right <laughs> here. It's good. <laughs> oh, my God. Scared him to death. Now, yeah. now, out of curiosity, uh, we were hunting up in Kentucky squirrel hunting with dogs uh-huh. and yeah, uh, we were uh we were talking to them about losing a dog because actually we were rabbit hunting the second day and one of the dogs got way off they yeah. got on a bobcat or something yeah. and ran way off and we were sitting there talking about losing a dog out there and how to get it back and both kevin and ben the two like houndsmen we had with us or kevin's really a houndsman ben used to have a lot of hounds but uh they said that when you lose a dog, you could take like a piece of your article coat, clothing, I, I, throw I it on the ground, coat, throw it on the ground wherever you at. Yeah. Usually where you park your truck at. Mm-hmm. You throw your coat on the ground, and you come back next day, and dog be there. Yeah. Ben That's said what, that he'll come back, and his oh, dog yeah. be laying on the oh, coat because yep. yep. they smell you, and they're like, "Well, I guess I'll hang out here." Till they I come used back. To, I used to keep a little coffee can, Folgers coffee can, I think it was one of them, in my truck with dog food, mm-hmm. with the lid on it. Okay. And uh, anytime we lose a dog, that's what you do. You throw your coat on the ground, dump him a little pile of dog food, <laughs> and you're good to go. Next morning, you come there, there he is, laid up, waiting on you. Yep. You know. But squirrel hunting, I do a lot of squirrel hunting back home with buddies and stuff. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of old uh, Kenya Bankston, John Bankston, Southern Boys Outdoors? It sounds familiar. Me and he's a good friend of mine. We we yeah. hook up and we do all kind of goofy stuff. <laughs> but uh, we did some squirrel hunting with uh, Texas Trophy Hunters a couple yeah. years ago. And uh, anyway, we had dogs, but hey, the, the dog industry has changed so much. They got collars on them now with tracking collars and mm-hmm. this and that. Well, you got to. You know, used to you could just ask a man, can you hunt here and there and there, and, you know. But now he said, you, you know, they got a GPS tells you exactly where that dog is at, you mm-hmm. know, where he's at. And, boy, it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it's really changed. Um, <clears throat> so we were hunting with, 
when Andrew was talking about that hunt uh, with Kevin Murphy, uh, who's a friend of ours from Kentucky up in Paducah. And uh, he's a big small game hunter, hunts yeah. with, has tons of dogs, and he, he, he loves running dogs or squirrels. Oh, yeah. And it's that's just fun. Yeah, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, back in the day, you'd be running with bells and stuff on your dog, just yeah. trying to keep them where, like, you keep them within earshot. Yeah. But now, yeah, they're running electronics on all their dogs yeah. just because, you know, he's got two. Of, well, these boys got, you know, they might have two, three thousand dollars out of them dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's got two dogs that are like, I don't know if. Oh, yeah. I, he's got two dogs that are. Champions, world known. Yeah, I, I got buddies in Louisiana. They they travel all over. Mm -hmm. uh, they go to Arkansas here and there and hunt. And like I said, with the college, you can go right to them. Yeah, pretty it, cool. It, it is pretty sleek because when we lost those dogs while rabbit hunting, I mean, you can kind of see them on the GPS. They're like they're, yeah. they were nine hundred yards. Yeah. There was two roads. They split. They were 900 yards from both roads. And I'm like, God dang, they were right in the middle of that sucker. And there was yeah. a creek right there. And it turns out they were all tied up in the creek and finally circled back around and got them. Yeah. But uh, that, I was so helpful. I was like, man, because that would be like one of the hardest things, especially if you have a dog. You know, a dog's a dog. You know, when it comes yeah. to having a dog, you know, you got a connection with it. Oh, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Tyler was almost 14 years old. Yeah, exactly. Golly. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that it almost would be worth the investment for a, oh, yeah. a lot of people. You know, well, I see it now. I see yeah. it now. You know, I didn't few years back you know Tyler's been gone almost six years mm -hmm. has it been that long yes wow <laughs> yeah dang i, I don't feel like it's been that long and I, you know and I, I remember when it happened yeah the uh the first year of swamp people yeah they had this producer mm -hmm. and, and it was just starting they didn't know what was going on this and that and like i said they wrote me a check for five thousand mm -hmm. dollars i cashed it I told my wife, put it on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> I said, because if this stuff don't work out, I was just going to give them their money until I'm going to get on down the road, you know, give them their money back. And uh, so anyway, we uh, about the third or fourth day of Swamp People, well, filming, when we first started, the guy said, uh, the dog's not going no more. I said, oh, no, the dog's going. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he said, no, sir. He said, the, the dog's going. I said, yeah, the dog's going. <laughs> Why didn't he want the dog to go? Um, like I say, it, it, it wasn't even a show then. Okay. We were just getting footage. They were trying oh, okay. to sell the show. They were trying to get, yeah. Anyway, okay. it, it was just starting. Yeah. Now, about the fourth or fifth day, I'm noticing they got different camera guys coming out. And I've been around the industry a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm noticing they got better equipment. And I said, something's happening here. Someone's getting some funding. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What, I, that's what I was thinking. All right. Now we got some money to play with. <laughs> well, somebody yeah. done sent, you know, they done sent the footage back to California and New York. Mm -hmm. and uh, They must have got the okay on something because, like I said, the, oh, the, yeah. they started driving better cars. and They <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a little bit of jingle yeah, in their pocket. Yeah, <laughs> something, something better equipment and this and that. Yep. So, the old guy said, oh. He said, the dog ain't going. Said, oh, yeah, the, the dog going. I said, you might not get in the boat, but the dog is going. <laughs> and I walked off. Yeah. And uh, he was all mad. And so the camera guy come running up to me. He said, Mr. Bruce, you, uh, you going in the morning, huh? I said, oh, yeah. He said, he said I'll meet you there. I said, you know the rule? Because I left at 4 o'clock. 4 one, you missed the boat. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had work to do. Yep. And so the cameraman was there. I got back that next evening. That guy was hot as firecracker because I brought the dog. Yeah. And brought Tyler. Well, that's what Tyler lived for that. Yeah. He loved that. And I and I was going to quit. <laughs> I was going to tell him to get, get on down the road. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, this guy come to me this year. I, I met him Yeah. on the road, mm -hmm. and, and he knew I was at a show, so he come 
give me a call. And he was just on a producer for the first couple shows of Swamp People. He said, dude, he said, I'm so glad that you stuck to your guns. He said, Tyler was a big, big part of the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I said, I didn't know nothing about that part of the TV business. I, said, I just knew my dog had to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he lived for, you know. And I think a lot of people enjoyed it just because I think one thing that Tyler offered was a sense like people, something about dogs, people just connect to, okay? Yeah. But also the danger factor, you're dealing with alligators yeah. and having a dog with you. And people are like worried about alligator going to get the dog. Yeah, oh yeah. So that was another thing that people were like probably like on the edge of the seat every time they showed you guys. Yeah. Because oh, like, yeah. there were some close, there were some times. Oh, it's always like that. And I'm like, D- listen, listen, I'll be like, have some anxiety out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have my dog out there with the guy. <laughs> you know, they used that, you know, and he was good with what people didn't understand. We, Todd was raised on an alligator farm. Okay, yeah. Okay, so we, you got gators get out all the time. And, uh, I got the way where Tyler would run tired. See, we live in the kind of in the woods. Tyler would run up to the, do- the door and bark a certain way, and and we, me and my wife knew there was a gator out. We knew what size it was. The way he barked, he would let us know what size gator it was and all. Hmm. And so I would know what to do: jump on the tractor, grab a rope, and you know, there's a big one out. We'd go down there. But he knew, he knew how to stay away from them. He six foot down, he'd catch them. Yeah, he was good. He knew how to grab them. Dude, that's a, that's a, that is awesome. You know, and uh, he just. Now, okay, now I got a question for you. When you have a gator get out like that, what kind of protocol or what are you doing to try to be able to get that gator back into the pen? It depends how big he is. Uh, a lot of times you just rope him, mm-hmm. bring him back, just put drag him in him back. the pen, yeah. drag him back, and put him in, you know, open the gate, untie him, throw him in the pen. It just animals get out, just like yeah. cows. Oh, yeah. If you raise cows, chickens, or hogs, anything, they won't get out. Yep. There's always a hole in the fence somewhere. <laughs> always, always. Well, that's something that's, again, kind of fascinating. Again, growing up as you have and been in that business for as long as you have, a well, lot I haven't of people. quite grown up yet. That's what my grandma, my grandma <laughs> be asking this a while back. She said, Pops. I said, what, baby? You know, she, she said, what you going to be when you grow up? I said, baby, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. But that's something that's kind of cool. Again, kind of coming up, doing commercial fishing, trapping, and then getting into gator, farming along with turtles, and then also do, you know, the hunting side of it too. It's just fascinating. I had a, my younger brother uh, went down to Louisiana. He's had some friends that I don't know where in Louisiana they live, but uh, South Louisiana. And uh, they went down there during gator season and, and caught a couple and were able to harvest a couple. Yeah. And he absolutely enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. He was like, it was the funnest time. Now, they weren't doing it out of boats. They were doing it off of the land. Yeah. So they had lines out. And I was like, that's a little something. I think I feel a little safe yeah, in a boat. I, yeah. It, that, you know. But uh, I, I helped uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Texas got flooded out there. Yep, yep. I went down and, and uh, I helped Bigfoot out and them catch some gators. Mm-hmm. And because uh, their house flooded and stuff, and we trying to help them get a few dollars, you yeah. know. And uh, so we would run down to Florida, and, I mean to Texas, mm-hmm. and yeah. fished and uh, helped them catch a few gators and give them a few dollars, you know, get the house going back. But uh, it, it's just, you know, we fished out of a four wheeler side by side. We fished out of a truck. Oh yeah, yeah. and then out of a boat. So it it was different, different kind of fishing, fishing on land. Yep. You know, when I grabbed that line, pulled him up, then I realized the stakes right here. Usually I got me, the line, and the boat in yeah. between us. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But when you grab that line, it's just a post, uh, you, you know, and you ain't got no protection. Yeah. You know? Mm. No, see, that's that's crazy. Again, I would, I told my brother, I'm like, if they go again this year, I'm like, I want to go. I just want to go to film it. I think that would just be a cool experience. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, they didn't catch no giant gators. I think the biggest gator they caught was like, I think like six and a half foot, seven foot. It don't matter. It's, oh, I don't think it matters either. It's just the anticipation. You don't never know. It's just like when you hunt. Yep. You don't never know what's coming up, you know. Now, yeah. talk to us a little bit about when, like, when y'all are uh, catching the gators and you're shooting them, what do you like when you're aiming at them? Are you just like what are you trying to hit with that twenty two? They got or whatever, a uh, or whatever shooting with. They got a spot right behind their skull. Mm -hmm. It's a little half moon spot, and if you shoot right behind that spot, it's a soft spot. We call it. Okay. Okay. If you shoot near that bullet, will go up in his brain, plus break his spinal cord. Okay. So game over, mm -hmm. and that's our deal to take him out fast. Once you do that, it's over. Mm -hmm. You know, if you miss a little bit, <laughs> you got to fight. He's gonna die. He's yeah. dying, but you still got a big fight on your hands. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, was, I remember seeing some episodes where you know people would take a shot and oh, I've ricochet or something happened. They start rolling and rolling and rolling. Oh my god! Like about to take it, about to lose a hand while the freaking lines in your well, hand. Junior, Junior, and Willie, you remember were yeah. together, and, and Junior would always he'd shoot pretty fast. There. Yes, you got to shoot fast. It's just sometimes you, you hit that bone. Mm -hmm. You know, if you hit the soft spot, it's going in. It's all good. But it ricochet and hit Willie. And I've done shot Ron several times. He's done <laughs> popped me a couple of times. That's what I asked him uh, one time. I said, look. I said, Junior been getting to shoot yep. shoot uh, Willie three or four years in a row. I said, how about this this time, this year, y'all let me shoot Ron? <laughs> Ron said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Do I have a say in this? <laughs> That's one thing I liked about the show. Everyone had a really fun personality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, just, it was all about the personality. We're, we're not actors. We're like, real people. And, we, I, you know? and I freaking love that because the way you're here right now is exactly how you are on the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You're yeah. down yeah. to earth, having fun, and you're just you're there to work. Yeah. So that's, the, that's the thing. Um now, you also – I know a lot of guys like to use rifles, but you'd use a pistol sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. yeah or actually, most of, most of the time you'd use a Years pistol. Used to, I used a pistol. That's all uh, – I hunted with a pistol for years. Yeah. And then we started – we had friends that come from California here and there. Mm -hmm. And we had a pistol. I always throw them in a five-gallon bucket. Mm -hmm. You know, I got my pistol, my hammer, my knives in that bucket at all times. Yep. And uh reason I carry a hammer, and my grandpa used to carry one, a hammer don't miss fire. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, and that's why my grandpa always carried a hammer, because he said they don't miss fire. Mm -hmm. In a pot. I always got a pot in my boot. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Decline. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of times uh, um, bullets get wet. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, we got some pretty good bullets. Uh CCI bullets, I use, I ain't never had no trouble with them. They even get wet, they shoot. Yep. But it used to back in the day, you get wet, something happened, you know, that hammer was always there. Now, what's yeah. the pan for? Huh? What's the pan for? Yeah, yeah, you got, you, huh? What's the, what are you using the pan for? In case you break down. Well, we got reliable motors oh, now. It's <laughs> <laughs> called a paddle. What are you talking No, we take the pan. Yeah. I use it for a dipping bucket, bell and bucket, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I used to fill it up for Tyler to drink water out of. Oh, okay. When you break down, you had something to cook with. <laughs> there you go, man. It's always purpose. Dude, that so, is hilarious. But uh, there's always something on the bayou. You can, you can catch food. Yeah. You might eat neutral coon possum or fish or whatever, mm -hmm. but you got to have a way to cook it. So I always kept a pot in my boat. 
And that's what the pot was for. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty slick. Now yeah. I'm thinking like that makes But sense. nowadays we got telephones and all that. So if you break down, you just call somebody to come get you. But used to, it just, nobody was coming. Now, <laughs> when you're out there in the swamp, is cell service a thing that's an issue? Or is it like. No, it just. And I'm talking about this before we even had phones. Well, no, but I'm saying this day and age. Is it yeah. like now you pretty much get cell service a lot of places out there? Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of places, yeah. lot of places okay. you get cell service. Because I, I, uh, I do a lot of media stuff with Facebook and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm doing, I show it on Facebook. Uh, look me up on Facebook, Bruce Mitchell. And uh, if I'm frogging, I, I run lives and my people love it. Mm -hmm. You know, just run live. The next day when I get home, I skin the frogs and eat them. Yep. Cook, them. <laughs> Cook them on Facebook. Yep, you know? There you go. Oh, exactly. And it's just one of those things. Then also another thing is like running frogs. Now, you just frog gigging, headlamp and everything? or mm -hmm. what, yeah. 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 You gig them or grab them? I grab them. Okay. I, like, uh, I think all the, be the best guys grab them. The ones I've seen that like catch the crap out of them. Yeah. yeah. Grab well, them. we used to uh, commercial frog. And we'd, you know, we'd catch 1,000, 1,500 pounds a night. Good. Wait, wait, how, how many boats and how many guys would you be one, running? Me, by Holy. myself. Whoa. Jeez. Yeah, I frog by myself. How do, wait, how do you? When run, I got how, somebody with me, we play it. <laughs> now, how do you how do you run a how do you run a boat by yourself when you're frogging, or are you just walking? I, like, what's the no? Situation? I'm running the boat and yeah. I go devil, long tail go devil. Yeah. Just go through the swamp and you just push it down, mm -hmm. get the prop out of water and just we got big lights run beside him, grab him. Oh my God, that's or awesome. some certain time they they sometimes they yeah. three or four frogs pile up in the pile. You just like picking grapes, <laughs> <laughs> and I take a PVC pipe. Yep. Four-inch pipe, mm -hmm. about eight, ten inches long. You tape the sack on it, and just okay. And then you tape your 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 sack to your, your hold-on pole that you hold on mm -hmm. when you're driving. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, when you catch him, just drop him in. When sack's full. You cut it, tie it up, and get you another sack. But that's how I pay for my house. That's cool. <laughs> wow. That is cool. And yeah. It's cool to see someone like yourself that's literally living off the land, using natural resources to be able to do that. Yeah. And don't have a regular nine to five job. I mean, you're working hard. Yeah. Don't get like, don't take like. Well, yeah, yeah. Just it ain't easy. No. Well, the thing about it, you yeah. uh, you make money, you make money, and then uh, there's times you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like you know, you go to your regular job every week, every Thursday, you get a check. Mm -hmm. With my kind of work, you got to bank it. Because, you know, you might go work three days this week. You don't make nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't catch a frog. You don't catch no fish. You don't catch a gator. Yep. Uh, but you still got expenses, you know. And, and nowadays, you even got more expenses. Exactly. You know, that's what, you know, when, you know, crawfish, I seen them the other day in, uh, they don't sell for five ninety nine a pound. Okay. Where at? Where was this at? Because I need to buy me some crawfish if they're that cheap. Well, you're thinking that's cheap it sounds cheap to me to you it's cheap yeah when me and my wife got married mm -hmm. i was fishing crawfish we were selling them for 12 cents a pound yeah <laughs> and we were making money that's how you pay your house no your truck yep. no your insurance and everything. we was making money beef melt was the main bait we used and it was two cents a pound now it's two dollars and 75 cents a pound mm. Mm. Gas was under a dollar. <laughs> yeah, we know, you know about that. <laughs> it, it was a uh, first gas I bought was uh, I think twenty eight or thirty cents a gallon. But back then we didn't use we used a boat to go so far, and then we used our P rose. Throw the P rose out, and we frogged and hunted out the P rose, and, and so you know crawfish, whatever. Now, when you're running crawfish, I mean you're running like one of the large crawfish traps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's something. 
again, kind of seeing the culture down there. I've, I've had a couple of friends from Louisiana, and they would, they're not, no one's doing it commercially that I know of. But just kind of seeing some of the gear that some of those guys like yourself are using yes. blows me away, especially when you're running. I mean, because you're pretty much running, if you're doing crawfish, you're doing that daytime or night? Daytime. Daytime, okay. 100, 200 traps a day. Holy cow. Yeah. What do you bait them with? Chicken mountain fish. Okay. That, that was my. Yeah. That's what, you know, everybody uses a little different. But uh, Now, when you're crawfishing, what's the soak time you like to kind of shoot for? It depends. It depends. Sometimes you can do it every day. Sometimes two days. Mm-hmm. Two-day soak, three-day soak at the most. But most of the time, every day you run them. Okay. I've seen times when crawfish migrating and moving, mm-hmm. you can run them every hour. Wow, that sounds good. I love crawfish. Yep. Oh, me too, but I can't afford to eat them now. I can't <laughs> eat them. Too, too crazy. Yeah. yeah, well, I hear that. Now, well, you know, Bruce, do you have any – I know a lot of our listeners – probably most of our listeners watch Swamp People or have watched Swamp People in the past. Do you have any crazy or interesting stories that happened either on the show or before the show or after the show that would be something that, you know, I don't know. Let me tell you this. You remember I told you about my first year with the new guy from New York City. Mm-hmm. He was a camera guy, Steve. I shouldn't say his name. but <laughs> Oh, he don't say his last name. It's all good. Yeah. There's a lot of Steves out there. But anyway, Steve's a pretty cool guy. He just never been in a boat, never been bit by a spider or an or nothing like that. And that's going to happen in the swamp. You just, it's going. <laughs> you know? And he's a pretty cool dude. And, uh. We was in there, and this this is another story about my little North American arms gun. Uh, we done an interview. They didn't know what was going on when first when first started filming. They didn't have idea what was going on. Nobody knew what was. We was just gonna do it, film it, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were doing like what we called interviews. He'd move everything out the front of the boat and put it in the back. I'd sit there on the deck and. Talk about this, talk about that. And I'm trying to hustle and hurry because you got time. You got to get these gators and get them in before it gets too hot so they don't spoil. Mm-hmm. Well, we talking and stuff, and we get through with the little interview. We take off. I run to the next line, got a gator on it. I pull the gator up, get him in the top. He's got my, my gun. I had a pistol in a bucket, my rifle. Mm-hmm. It's all in the back of the boot. He's in the same boat with me shooting. He's behind me shooting with the camera. Okay, yes, okay. So Ahn's in my pocket. He don't see me take my little gun out. Okay, now I pull this gator up. Bam! Put put pistol back in my pocket, zip it up, <laughs> and uh, get the gator in the boat, tie him up, put him on the line. We get to take off. He said, Mr. Bruce, I said, what you got, man? He said, how you shoot that gator? I said, what you mean? He said, well, I got your pistol back here and your rifle back there. <laughs> and I had a pocket full of bullets. So I grabbed one of these bullets, and I spun around, and I hold it in my hand. <laughs> and between my thumb and my finger, and I, I said, you just squeeze it. He said, really? <laughs> I said, yeah. So I put the bullet back in my pocket and didn't think no more of it. The next morning or two, I was over there, and we, I was dropping my boat in the morning. I got a little yeah. trail where everybody goes to the bathroom at and uh, I dropped my boat in the water. I got got on the boat, and I'm pulling back up, and I'm standing on the deck, and I look. I said, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> well, he got his <laughs> hand up like this in front of him and doing like that. Uh. So I walked, tied the boat up, and walked over there. I said, what are you doing? He said, I was going to shoot over here. Now, he told that 
with his thumb and his finger trying to squeeze that bullet. <laughs> and I, I said, dude, what are you doing? He said, I was just going to shoot over here. I said, dude, you can't shoot over here. They got camps. You'll have to hit one of these kids. <laughs> He said, oh, my God, Mr. Bruce, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I said, man, you got to watch what you shoot around here. He said, I, I agree with you. He said, I won't do it no more. I said, thank you. <laughs> so if you're ever in New York City and seen a guy pull a bullet on you, ask him if he's holding that's it my, like this. He said, you know, Bruce, <laughs> that was probably my camera guy. <laughs> Did you never tell him that's not No, 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 never. <laughs> never. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's just been a fun ride you know i'm yeah. here talking y'all now we're here 10 years later after what people started and uh it's been a fun ride i bet you yeah. know 10 years just, i've been all over the country i get to meet a lot of good people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we have the nwtf out here and i get to come out and watch people instead of y'all usually watching me now i get to watch y'all mm -hmm. and i just love it it's just it's all good yeah, it's it's been great, man. And we talk about that with this thing. Of course, we don't we're not anywhere near as big as any of that stuff. Oh, but yeah, yeah, just yeah. the people we meet through what we do is yeah. fantastic. Like people like yourself, you know. We had a great conversation with you, and it's it's good to meet you, Same here, especially buddy. after watching you on TV all these yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just ain't nothing but old country boy, and that's all I ever be. My wife been trying to change me for thirty nine years, and it ain't happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, are we coming up on time. Yeah. Well, Bruce, where can people find out or follow you a little bit more so now? Facebook. Facebook, Facebook. is just a – I do a lot of stuff. We trap hogs on there. We skin the hogs. Uh, we catch the hogs. Mm -hmm. We. I make sausage. I make bacon. Uh, I make hams. And I eat them. I cook them and eat them. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to eat, man. And, again, just find you at Bruce Mitchell on, yes. on Facebook? Just look me up on Facebook, Bruce Mitchell. All right, fantastic. Awesome. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Also, make sure you give us a like and a review if you really enjoyed it. And once again, have a great rest of your day. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to themobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at themobilehuntersexpo.com.